Welcome to History 21, the podcast, a production of the Anoka County Historical Society, sharing the stories and audio journeys from our county's past and present. Sarah, are you out there? I'm here, Rebecca. Hello. Yay. We don't have to play Marco Polo. <laughs> so what do you, what is new in your world? New in my world? Uh, you're kicking me out of the building and i'm having a week of vacation true very true staff must use pto days i'm taking my cat to the vet among other fun things come on now (laughs) but that's first and we're putting together this episode before i have to leave and i'm so glad i've loved listening to this episode There is definitely a character to be heard in this episode. His name is Lester Peterson, and he was born in 1908 on the old farmstead that his great-grandparents were on in Ham Lake. So being born at home on this old farm and continuing to work it as an adult, it's just an amazing piece of land history yeah and one that you don't necessarily see anymore as people move off of the farm or the farms are getting smaller and the housing developments are moving in businesses grow that the the generational ownership of land is changing so much but the way he tells these stories it he just has a great voice don't you know (laughs) that old farmer voice and He's like, he apologizes for having a really loud, booming voice. He's like, it's hereditary. <laughs> the booming voice as well as the tall men. <laughs> the tall men, the Peterson boys, six of them. So now we're just making people upset because they don't know what we're talking about. But yeah, you have to listen to the episode. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? You don't just get the, we should publish cliff notes of these things. <laughs> This is kind of what the introduction is, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) But we should just get into hearing Lester and him talking about growing up as a twin. His twin was Chester. Lester and Chester. I know, right? (laughs) It was just cruel. That's cruel in my opinion. (laughs) So cute. (laughs) And uh, him telling stories about... Growing up in Constance, going to the school there, uh, post office robbery, and those tall men. Uh, shall we get into it? We shall. Good morning. This is Pat Schwabach from the Anoka County Historical Society. Today's date is Friday, May 15, 1987. My guest this morning is Mr. Lester Peterson of Ham Lake. Good morning, Lester. Good morning, Pat. Beautiful morning. It certainly is. Lester, let's start out by getting your full name, please. My name is Lester Peterson. I'm born in Ham Lake Township, 1908, 9 to March. So I guess you know my age now. So I'm 79 now. And uh, who are your parents, Lester? Who was your father? My father was Peter Peterson. Mm -hmm. My mother was uh, Lily Peterson Olson. 
Uh, Lester, do you have sisters and brothers? Yes, I had uh, four sisters and one twin brother. Okay, twin brother. Yes. And what was your twin brother's name? My twin brother's name was Chester, and I'm Lester. Chester and Lester. Chester and Lester. Which one was older? Well, I guess I was 15 minutes older. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, were you born in a hospital, Lester? No, I think we were born in the old house. All us kids were born in the old house. Same, same room, same old bed, horse and buggy days. Is that right? And where is that old farm located or the old house located from where we are this morning? Yeah. Well, that's right across the road on my great-grandparents' homestead. This is as far as I moved, it's just across the road. Okay, and what is the address here, Lester? My address here is 315 Constance Boulevard now. Mm -hmm. And uh, who is living on the home place? My son uh, Willis is living on the old homestead place. Mm -hmm. That's where I'm born and raised. Has the farm always been in your family? Well, it, uh, my great-grandparents homesteaded it, and they sold it to a guy by the name of Anton Smith. And he was there probably, oh, 35 years. Then my dad got married. He bought the place from Anton Smith. And, of course, now we've had it ever since. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. As a small child, I would suppose that living on a farm, you had chores. Do you remember what some of your chores were? Well, yes, my chores was mostly to get in the wood. That I had to do before dark after I come from school. Every day I had to get the wood in. We always burnt wood. I still do. And where was the wood kept? Well, the wood was out in the big pile outside. My dad always usually had it all split and ready, but I, of course, had to carry it in, fill up the wood boxes. Uh, what, what kind of a farm was it? A dairy farm? Um, an egg, you know, well, farm? the farm mostly consists of grain and cattle and hay mm -hmm. at that time and potatoes. Did you have any barn chores? Oh, yes. We always had to clean the barn, of course, and bed the cows down and do the chores. How, how do you bed a cow down? Well, I had to go out to the big old straw pile and carry in straw and bed the cows. Clean the barn. That was always a day chores. Did you have time for any hobbies? Oh, yes. We always uh, always played. And what me and my brother hunted a lot. We hunt rabbits and squirrels. And, and uh, we, we always played ball or anything to enjoy ourselves. Who were some of your neighbors? Did you have close neighbors? Oh, yes, we had close neighbors. Uh, on this place where I am now, we had a lot of new neighbors. Oh, every, every three years was a new farmer in here. But we had, oh, we had Ericsons and Halls and, and uh, Olsons, of course. The old-timers was all here. Usually all had big families, and we all went to school at Constance. But we had to walk. There was no buses then. How far was that? mile and a half. Mile and a half, about a mile and a half to Constance, and we always walked. Winter times, the snow got deep, of course, we'd ski down there. Real bad, of course, my dad took us with the sleds, picked up other kids and hauled them to school. Real bad weather, he'd always come and get us. Uh -huh. uh, what, what was the school like? What kind of a, what, do you have any recollection of what the school building was like? Well, that was a two-room school at Constance. It was built in 1894, 
And we had a big room and a little room. At one time, there was as high as 79 children there. Two teachers, and they always boarded at the neighbors, Simonson's. My, uh, my first teacher was Alice Weatherin. And then, of course, we had different ones uh, after that. But usually, they probably would teach for two, three years at a time before they'd get a new teacher. Um, what kind of church affiliation did you have, Lester? Pardon? What kind of church? Did you go to a church? Oh, they usually went down to the Constance Church. church. I guess because it was the closest. If we couldn't drive, we'd walk. And then I'm still going there. So we make it our church at Constance. Is it the same, same church? Yeah, it's the same old church. Dallas. We have a new church now, of course. The old, the old church has been moved into Anoka Fairgrounds. And the old store and post office, that they burned. And the schoolhouse, of course, they tore down. So there ain't much left to Constance old buildings. Well, what, what is there in Constance now? We have a new church there now, nice big new church. And it seems like it's packed every Sunday. New people from all over. I don't hardly know half of them. What, what have been your occupations in your adult life, uh, Lester? Well, I, uh, I started uh, raising potatoes when I was younger, and then I went into the dairy business later, and then retired from dairy business. I, I know that you're married. Um, who did you marry? Oh, sure, I got married when I was a young man to Valeria Slotowski from New Brighton, and we're still together. We've already had our golden anniversary. Now, how did you meet her when she was from New Brighton? Well, she, <laughs> she went by here with a friend of hers. And then, uh, well, that's the way I met her. She waved at me and I waved at her. And in the evening, of course, I went down to the neighbors and I met her. I that's see. how I got acquainted. I see. In other words, sometimes it's very important who we wave to. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, how well, this worked out all right anyway. Yeah. Um, we're going to be taking a ride in a little while and um, taking pictures of some of the various places in Ham Lake and Constance and so forth. But before we do that, Lester, uh, I'd like you to tell us the story of the tall men from Ham Lake. Well, I think I can do that. Uh... My, uh, my dad was the shortest one of the six brothers. He was six foot four. The tallest one was seven foot two. And the others all ranged in between there. And well, they were out of the ordinary uh, six big brothers. So they <laughs> made history of themselves. So anyway, they used to haul blueberries and potatoes and stuff down old Central Avenue and to the city and this one man got to see them and hired them to show themselves because he thought that they were unusual tall, tall men, which he did. He hired them and they showed themselves for a week at the Palace Theater, I think it was, below Seven Corners. And they, uh, they put on a show, they lifted salt barrels and chopped wood and big farmer boys, you know. So... Uh, 
They put in a week there, of course, and then they come home to their usual work. Uh, what were their names? Uh, the oldest one was Jonas, and my dad was the second boy. That was Peter, and Charles, and Edward, and August, and Oscar. Six big brothers. And were there any girls? There were four daughters. Uh, the oldest one was uh, Martha Oni and uh, Christine Nelson. And the two twin girls was uh, uh, Salmon Manda. One was married, Mrs. Joe Stinson in Columbia Heights. And Amanda died uh, at a young age of 27, never was married. Okay, so there were twins uh, in that generation yes, also. Yes, it was twins. And uh, my, I'm a twin. Well, my mother had three sets of twins. Three sets of three twins. Three sets of twins. So <laughs> there's twins in the family. My brother had twins. This uh, old aunt of mine had uh, twins, Bobby and uh, Richard Nelson. They were both in Anoka. And the oldest uh, sister had twin, twin sons, Herman and Hector. Wow. So, <laughs> well, there's several sets. Yeah, <laughs> there was a lot of twins in the Petersons. Oh, for goodness sakes. Not only were they tall, but yeah. the twins ran strong in there also. Now, tell me the story about the Glengarry Church. The Glengarry Church? Well, my great-grandparents and my grandparents uh, and a few neighbors around here, and we'll say Tittreds and Gilbertsons, the old-timers in Ham Lake, started the Norwegian Lutheran Church, they called it. Then uh, it was a small church, of course. They finally got it built. And, of course, the Swedes and Norwegians got together and they put up this building. Well, about seven years later, the Swedes left the Norwegian and built our Savior's Lutheran Church up at Sotteville. And that still stands. We have church there once a year in the old church just for remembrance, and the old Glengarry Church was tore down. But they also have a new big church there now. That's out here on Highway 65. Now, the when your great-grandparents came to America, they first, did they come directly to the Ham Lake area, or where did they, where were well, they? Well, all the immigrants, of course, landed in New York. And, of course, how they, uh, how they got from New York to Ham Lake, I could never figure out. And nobody has ever told me how. I don't know. I think they must have walked. Yeah. <laughs> there was no rails. There was no roads. They probably come partway on water and walked the rest of the way. See, my uh, grandfather, Olaf Peterson, had one brother already in Anoka. They called him Jens Peterson. He had board and rooming house in Anoka. Everybody, of course, that come from Sweden that knew him, they all went to this Jens Peterson. And then he would take them in, and then they'd get jobs here and there. No. They worked mostly in the sawmills, and uh, that was kind of booming then in Anoka. The sawmills were going. There were four great big sawmills at one time in Anoka. And all the logs usually come down Rum River, from Malacca, beautiful timber. And then uh, I've seen pictures of the Rum River, just black with logs. 
You had another interesting story as we were going up your road, and it had to do with a robbery. Oh, yeah, that's about the Constance robbery. I'll have to tell you about that. Anyway, there were three men that got off in the midnight train at Andover and walked down the railroad tracks and come down to Constance to rob the Constance post office. I was little then, of course, so I remember it. And then uh, they had broke into the store, and they couldn't get the safe open in the post office. So then they walked up to A.E. Halverson, his name was, up to his house. That was only about a block up the road. And woke him up and uh, took him by gunpoint, of course, down to the post office, and he opened the post office for him. And, of course, they took everything that was in there, stamps and money orders and money, whatever there was. And then uh, Mrs. Halverson, of course, she was upstairs. She took this all in when they come and got Mr. Halverson. And she knew what was going on, so she, she ran across a quarter of a mile across a field to the old post offices. And uh, the old post office was at Olson, see? Now, the old and, post office or the... Well, old the, old, uh, the, the old switchboard is what I meant. Okay. Yeah, I All made right. a mistake there. Yeah, so she ran across the field in her nightgown, right across to lose no time, and woke them up, of course, and got into the switchboard and made a report that the Constance Post Office was being robbed. So, of course, that went all over then. Uh, like home here, they ran five long. Oh, there's probably... 12.15 on one party line then, see? So everybody heard that five long, they'd jump up and listen. Well, that was about the Constance Post Office that was robbed. And then, uh, of course, it got into Columbia Heights to the police department, and, and they got onto it. So they went down old 65, of course, with Halverson, and the Columbia Heights Police Department, they put up a blockade, so they stopped them over in the hills in Columbia Heights there. And of course, when they come, they seen they couldn't go any further, so they got out and ran and left Halverson in their old car. I think he had an old Maxwell car. Anyway, they ran up in the hills on the east side there. That was down where Rice Creek is now, where it's hilly. And of course, they caught two of them. Uh, I think they caught two of them the next day, and then about three, four days later, they caught one up in Duluth, because he tried to cash some of the money orders that come from Constance. So they were all caught anyway, and that was the Constance Post Office robbery. Oh, okay, and about what year was that? You were oh, I just can't remember. Uh, now, uh, I don't know, I could have been, I was a schoolboy, I know, because uh, the neighbors we knew too, you know, they all got up and listened to that. And, and our old neighbor, John P. Schaefer, he heard it and he told us, he went, well, we heard him even go by, you know. There wasn't too many cars them days, but you look on the road, well, there they go. So old Schaefer, he seen him go up the road, he said he ran the bed and pulled the quilts over his head. <laughs> he was scared. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's quite a story. Anyway, we had another little uh, hold-up at Constance, too, but that was a neighbor boy, but, of course, he was caught, too. When, and, what did uh, he try to rob? Well, he, he broke into the Constance post office, of oh, course, and, and took the old cigar box. They had the stamps in and the money in, and, of course, they caught him. 
and uh, he'd give everything up, of course. You did a lot of hunting as, as a youngster with um, for squirrels and so forth. Yes. Did you ever? Did they have big game around well, here? Sure, me and my brother, we always, uh, there was rabbits, oh, rabbits by the thousands, you know. And they were in the swamp, there were so much rabbits that uh, we shot rabbits and we'd freeze them on the old back porch and we'd haul them up to Lake Nettestore. We got, we got 25 cents apiece for them. Well, of course, that was money. Of course, we bought more bullets and went back and shot more rabbits. <laughs> I see. Where was the Lake Nettestore? The Lake Nettestore, there was two stores at Lake Netta. One is still there. And the old store was uh, Norquist. Charles Norquist had that, and Oscar Halberg had the other one. That isn't there anymore, but the old Norquist store is still there. Uh, actually, that is an old landmark, too. See, they had blacksmith shop at Lake Netta, and they had a creamery there. And, of course, all the farmers would go to Lake Netta. That was the closest store they had to pick up their groceries. We usually, us kids would go along, uh, my dad always took the wagon. You have a favorite recipe, or something you tell me is very, very good. Well, we were talking the other day about food, and I was telling you that I really enjoy pickled pig's feet. Well... And you told me something you like better, and what is it? That is chicken feet. There's chicken. a lot of people never ate chicken feet, but we have ate them for years. It's an old, old recipe, I guess. And as far as I'm concerned, them chicken feet are the best part of the chicken. Yeah, is that right? We always save our big uh, fryer's feet and peel them, of course, and cook them. And, oh, I'll eat five, six at a time, and they're, they're just delicious, you know. They're so tender and so good. All that's left is just a pile of bones when I get done. Yeah, I, when I look at a chicken's foot, it doesn't look like there's much meat on them. Well, they're, they're kind of jelly, you know, like, just like pig's feet, but they're, they're really good. Well, I can tell you a story, uh, too. My mother's two oldest sisters, when they were young girls, oh, probably eight and ten years old, went out to Fargo when Fargo was booming. And, of course, they done, the, they done all kinds of work, the floors to be swept and washed dishes and everything years ago. And, of course, they served on the tables. And there is where they served two chicken feet in each plate. Is that right? Yeah, that was a delicacy. See, that was mm -hmm. something new. And, of course, my mother got on to that, so, of course, that's years ago. Mm -hmm. So we always saved the chicken feet. I see. Now, I've talked to a lot of people, you know, but they've never, no, no, they never ate chicken feet. But they are delicious, and they are good. I'm going to step back a little and ask you, if in your farming years, I understand that you're, you're retired now, but when you were actively farming, did you belong to the Grange? Yes, I belonged to the Grange. Both me and my wife joined the Grange here at Constance. That was started, oh, many years ago, but now really I guess there is no more Grange at Constance. All the old ones have gone, and there is no more Grange. But uh, we took in the Grange when it started, and and their meetings, of course, but it didn't last too long. It kind of broke up. The people start moving away, and the older ones, of course, died off. And so anyway, uh, no, I've been here all my life. And like I say, as far as I moved, it's just across the road. And, uh, but I made it, so I'm satisfied. <laughs> well, that's good. Okay, now that you're retired, tell me how you fill your days. Well, I, uh, 
I'm doing pretty good for a 79-year-old man. I'm retired for many years. I'm retired and tired both. <laughs> I see. <laughs> so, well, I know you've But I have my work to do. I got my shop going, and I love to fix things and make things, and I'm out. I'm on the go every day. I guess that's what keeps me going. But uh, I'll never catch up. What kind of a shop? Oh, I don't know what you might call it. I call it my machine shop, but I guess it's more or less a blacksmith shop. But I have everything in there that I need and what I want, and I make things and I fix things. Always something to fix. You never get done. That's the truth. Well, I'll tell you, you've been a great help to me uh, in gathering Anoka County history because Ham Lake is in Anoka County. Do you yeah, have something else that you would like to add? Well, is that ready? I don't know how I was chosen for this. I guess maybe on account of my loud voice, so... <laughs> Well, when I think of it, my dad had a loud voice, too. He, he, he was a good talker. And my Uncle August, of course, he, it's in the Petersons. They got a loud voice. Now, I was told old August Peterson in Columbia Heights, they had square dances out down the street. And one guy told me you could hear him for two blocks. Is that that's right? That's true. <laughs> well, that's good. Uh, you have something to say, and you speak up, and, and you can be heard, and... Yeah. Um, and I appreciate it very much. Now, if you have something else you'd like to add to this tape, now is the time for it. Well, I don't have too much more to say, I guess. I, I love to read old history books, and oh, I just love the old books, and I learn more about the old timers and the first settlers. I have two, three different old history books, so I love to read them. Even if I read them, I pick them up and read them again. Of course, we got the old church church books, all the old anniversaries and stuff. But to me, it's really fun to read them because, see, I know all of the old people. I maybe never met some of them, but I know of them. So it's fun to read them old books. Okay, well, thank you very much. And That's okay. we'll do this again. Read all about it in the Noka County Library Minute. Hello, I'm Lydia Potoff a librarian at Anoka County Library, and this is your Library Minute. First up, we have Daffodil Hill, Uprooting My Life, Buying a Farm, and Learning to Bloom by Jake Kaiser. The author retells the story of how she gave up her ritzy city life for that of a farmer. She bought a farm in Mississippi after recurring bouts of anxiety left her craving the simpler, but often not easy, life of a farmer. Next, we have The Growing Season, How I Built a New Life and Saved an American Farm by Sarah Fry. For readers who liked Tara Westover's Educated, Fry's book offers a similar angle of pulling herself out from rural poverty while also remaining true to her roots. As the youngest of her parents combined 21 children, Fry didn't grow up with much but she managed to find the perseverance to take over the family farm before she was even an adult and turn the business into a thriving one. Next, we have a couple of children's books. Grasshoppers in My Bed, Lily Bell Gibbs, Minnesota Farm Girl, 1877, by Terry Swanson. In this chapter book of historical fiction, based on real-life writings left behind, Young readers can see what it was like for a young girl living on a Minnesota farm in the late 1800s. There are many stories within its pages about one-room schoolhouses, barn chores, church gatherings, and more. Finally, we have The Old Truck by Jarrett Pumphrey. 
This book audio combo is from the library's new collection of read-along books, picture books that have the audio built right in. This simple story with bright illustrations helps young readers to see that with a little determination and imagination, we can find the value in things others may discard or forget about, like an old farm truck, for example. Happy reading! Get those library cards and reserve your copy today. Direct links to these books and more can be found in the episode show notes at anocacountyhistory.org. I loved it. If I could have more Lester, I would have more Lester. Well, of course. <laughs> I love how people have certain quirks in their speech that become uniquely theirs. In putting together the references for this episode, I was finding pictures of Lester in the collections here. So even one that has him and Chester as babies. In, That's a really good picture. In front of the old house with the family. And it was kind of undated. They were like, is it 1908 or is it 1909? And with him being born in March, those babies are pretty small. I think we can confidently say 1908. <laughs> I think what blows my mind that, you know, he was born in 1908. We're hearing his voice in the 80s that for my grandparents being born, you know, maybe 10 years after him, that I'm hearing a version of the agricultural history that is my my dad's side in such a way that is before my grandparents so that family history didn't get passed down very well in my family. So I, I'm using Lester and his family's agricultural history as kind of a stopgap for mine. And I also came across a eulogy that his grandson-in-law put together for his funeral in 1999. And hearing how his family talked about him was really sweet that he was a walking historical reference and really took time to have these conversations and share these memories with his family. And the last line is so sweet. John said in describing Lester that some people say they farm, some people claim to have it in their blood. With Lester, farming was living. That's very accurate to all the farmers I know. So you can find all those in the, the show notes page. I'd really encourage everyone to go visit the show notes page on our website in the blog section for the photos and that particular eulogy. It's really wonderful to see all of that. And we're going to be visiting Lester again in a few weeks. Uh, we didn't share all of his stories from this oral history in this episode. Uh, there are a few that we think deserve a little extra space and conversation, so we're saving those bits to have a deeper dive. And you can find those in the vault. So if you hop over there and become a vault member, it's $5 a month. That goes to our operating fund at the museum to help us keep the doors open. And existing vault members, keep an eye out. You should receive an email update when we post it. Thanks, everybody, for joining. And uh, we'll see you next time. Have a great week. If you have a question... Want to visit our show notes page for each episode or would like to share your own story, go to anocacountyhistory.org. Help History 21, the podcast, reach more ears by subscribing and reviewing on your podcast provider. 
We're all over social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for all those who scroll by. And for our Vault members, you can find special access to podcast extras as well as the latest digital resources at History 21 The Vault, located on our website. Remember, the present is the past of the future. <laughs>